Today we are continuing in our sermon series, Blessed Assurance, the Biblical Promise of Heaven. This is our third week. This is the third message in the series. And throughout the series, we are committed to finding and then to revealing the biblical truth about heaven, the biblical truth about heaven. We do not want our understanding to come from tradition. We do not want it to come from somebody's expectation or for somebody else's experience. Rather, we want our understanding, we want our information to be built upon the truth of what God has said. Now, let me say this morning, that is vital. That is important. Be very sure it's not good enough to say close enough. And it matters that what we believe about heaven is absolutely God's truth. Sometimes we act like, well, as long as we're close enough, that's going to be fine. That's not going to cut it. We want what we believe about the truth of heaven to be built upon the truth of God's word. Then, nowhere is it as important as it is in our subject today. Understand, for our subject today, we have to be absolutely pinpoint correct. There is no room, and be sure there is no room for any deviation, for any distortion in our subject today because if there is, the result is going to be horrendous. Our question today is, how do we go to heaven? As sinners, those guilty of sin, how do we go to heaven? Now, I'll just tell you, the fact is, today, most people believe most people will be in heaven. And that's what I find as I preach funerals, as I, as I go through the process with folks, it seems that most people believe that most people will be in heaven as long as they were, as long as they were good enough, as long as they weren't too bad. Maybe they didn't do some terrible, vile thing. For, for sure, those people shouldn't go to heaven. But as long as they were some baseline good, they're going to be in heaven. And I'll just tell you, most people believe most people will be in heaven. This idea, this belief, comes from the idea that a loving God, a grace-filled, merciful, loving God, as ours is, would not send decent people to hell. And that's the thought. Well, surely a loving God, a graceful God, surely he wouldn't send decent people to an eternal judgment in hell, and that's, that's our thought. It's kind of like we're having to defend God. Surely a God of such great love wouldn't send decent people to hell. And so we hold on to the idea that the majority of our families and the majority of our friends and the majority of our neighbors will, in God's love, be in heaven. When I started in seminary, a Baptist seminary, funded by Baptist, Texas Baptist money, I heard the teaching in class that many roads, if not all roads, lead to salvation. And I, I heard in an analogy, and it was in class, that it doesn't matter if you're trying to go to Dallas, it doesn't matter if some folks 
walk to Dallas or somebody else would drive to Dallas or somebody else would fly to Dallas or somebody else would get on a bus and go to Dallas. It doesn't matter as long as you all get to Dallas. And they were teaching that it doesn't matter what you believe. And maybe you can follow the tenets of Islam or maybe you can follow the, the tenets of some new age religion. It doesn't, doesn't matter what you believe as long as you arrive in heaven. Because of God's love, we're all gonna be in heaven. Now, I'll just tell you, friends, we might not say it like that, but the fact that most people believe that most people will be in heaven is going to result in a whole lot of people ending up in hell. And that is Satan's plan. You understand that? That's Satan's plan. He doesn't want anybody redeemed. He doesn't want anybody saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so if he can distort it, and if he can make you comfortable in your lostness, and if the church can stamp a seal of approval on that, he'll watch you all the way to hell. Today, let me just tell you, I'll warn you up front. Today, I'm gonna preach the most narrow-minded, most intolerant, most politically incorrect message I've ever preached. And some of you think I've preached a couple of those. And I'm gonna do so today without any apology. The title of our message today is this, One Way Home. One way home. We're in John chapter 14, today verses 1 through 6. I'm going to pick up the whole set today. John chapter 14, today verses 1 through 6. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. My favorite verses in the Bible. Here we go. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but through me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of a kind Savior, Jesus. I'm thankful that in your kindness and your grace that you saved me as a sinner, that you offer salvation to people that have rebelled against you. And when we come and we uphold this standard, may we not be browbeaten to thinking it's some form of intolerance, but we would understand it's the greatest show of grace ever. And I pray that today as we hear it, that we would uphold it, that we would embrace it, that some maybe here today would find it. And I pray the truth of God's word would ring out. There is salvation today in Jesus Christ. Lord, we do love you and we praise you and we worship you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So far in our study, we have seen that as Christians, we live in light of heaven. And that's the truth of who we are as Christians. As believers, we live with heaven 
in view. Remember Colossians chapter 3, it says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. And as Christians, we live with a view of the eternal. We live with a view of heaven. And so let me just tell you, that is why it matters that we have a right understanding of heaven. The Bible tells us we're to live with eternity in view. And so we need to have a proper understanding, a biblical understanding of the truth of heaven. Again, close enough is not good enough. Last week, we saw the best thing about heaven. The best thing about heaven is that Jesus is there. That's the best part about heaven. Jesus, our Lord, our, our Savior, the King of kings, he is there. And I'll just tell you better than that is that he would receive us unto himself. He receives us to himself. And all of the wonderful things about heaven, all of the unimaginable things about heaven, and then the list it, it could be going on forever and ever. The greatest thing is that we will see Jesus Revelation 22 says, then face to face. I get excited about that again this week. We're gonna see Jesus as a sinner. He made a way and we're gonna see Jesus then face to face. Next week, we're gonna move to Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. We're gonna spend about three weeks there and we're gonna see some of the details of heaven. But before we do that, this week, we're gonna see what I believe is the most important truth that we're gonna study about heaven. And that is this. How do we go to heaven? How can we as sinners be in the presence of Jesus? Now, do you, do you know who Jesus is? Think about Jesus for just a moment. How can we as sinners be in the actual physical presence of Jesus there in the reality of heaven. That's, that's absolutely absurd. That's absolutely nuts. I'm gonna be face to face with my Savior, Jesus. How do we go to heaven? For our study, we're gonna continue from our verses from last week. Now, do not forget the awesome truth of our verses from last week. This week, I replayed it over and over in my head. As I went through the course of the week, I, I kept thinking about the verses and the truth of those verses throughout the course of this week. Remember last week, in the midst of fear, in the midst of uncertainty, and, and there was for sure uncertainty, in the midst of all this anxiety that is in the air, Jesus says... In my Father's house are many dwelling places. Literally translates spaces or rooms, spots. Jesus says, in my Father's house are many spaces, many, many rooms. And he says, it is so, it is so. He's saying, you can bank on this. If it were not so, I would have told you that. This isn't some superstition. It is so. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then he says, for I go to prepare a place, a spot for you. And he's talking about the cross. Jesus says, I'm gonna go to the cross to secure your room. I'm going to the cross of Calvary to redeem your spot. 
And Jesus says, as sure as you see me hanging upon that cross, as sure as you see the lamb as he is being slain, as sure as you hear the ringing of the hammer as they drive in the nails, as sure as you hear the laughing of the guards as they divide up my clothes, as sure as you see me there in agony and pain, you know that I'm preparing for you a place. And he says, if I prepare a place for you, There on the cross of Calvary, if I go and I endure that cross, if you see me there on that cross, just as sure you can know, I will come again and receive you into myself. Folks, I can't get over that. I can't get over that. You see, Jesus could have built room after room after room, the Father's house could have been endless rows of rooms, but if it weren't for the cross, it would not matter to us. If it weren't for the cross of Calvary, it would be lost to us, it would be lost to me. Oh, thank Jesus for the cross. It wasn't a framing hammer that built heaven. It was an executioner's hammer. And the result of that cross, maybe the best words in scripture is that Jesus says that where I am, there you may be also. The result of the cross that where I am, Jesus, oh, where I am, there you may be also. Now we move to this week. How Do we go to heaven? How do you go to heaven? Now, there's going to be three truths today of today's message. Three truths that we're going to look at and examine. The first truth is this. The way to heaven is plain. The way to heaven is plain. Verse 4. Jesus is continuing. Jesus says this. And you know the way where I Am going. Now notice there the verse starts off with and. And connects it. Verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. See this. The, the place in heaven is prepared through the cross of Calvary. Then Jesus says, and the way to heaven is plain. And the way to heaven is clear. Now let's look at this verse. It says, and you know. Now you know is actually one word in the Greek. It means to have seen. To have seen. One form says to see and to verify with your physical eyes. And Jesus says, and you have seen the way, and you know the way. Now, the word way means the path or road. And so see the the verse here. Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, if I go and endure the cross in preparing that place, I will surely come again. And I will, when I come again, receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you will also be. And I have made the way plain. Listen to me today. 
God isn't playing some mystical shell game with us. He hasn't made some deep theological puzzle for us to solve. He hasn't made some spiritual code for us to break. No, he has made plain the way. Get this this morning. Be sure of this this morning. And for us today, it is made plain through the word of God, the Bible. Did you hear that? It's, it's plain. The way is plain to heaven. It's not some shell game when you pick it up. You were tricked and it's not there. It's not some code that you have to put all the pieces and the dates and everything and line them up. And if you get it right, you'll find a way. It is made plain for us through the word of God, the Bible. Why are we committed to preaching and to teaching and to standing upon the word of God, the Bible? Why are we fanatically committed to laying out a foundation for our kids on the Bible and to stacking upon that foundation for our youth and to never miss an opportunity to preach that truth from this pulpit? It is because apart from the word of God, we do not possess the gospel of Jesus Christ and outside of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are lost. Why worry about it? That's why we worry about it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Jesus says the way to heaven is plain. I want to tell you, if you're dumb as me, that's good. The way to heaven is plain. Verse five. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Now, I've said this a couple times before, and I'll, I'll just tell you again this morning. I like Thomas. Thomas, some people disparage Thomas. You ever notice that? You have all these good guys, and then, man, look at this guy, Thomas. He's forever known as Doubting Thomas. I don't don't think in heaven they're calling him Doubting Thomas, but he's forever known as, as Doubting Thomas. But here's what I see about Thomas. Thomas is very real. Thomas is very plain. He Notice here, he calls Jesus Lord. He serves Christ faithfully after Christ is gone. Tradition tells us that he even dies for the cause. But here in the midst of all this information, here in the midst of all of this confusion, can you imagine the the things that are being told to them, the things that are getting ready to happen? In the midst of all that confusion, remember earlier Jesus said, I'm leaving, and where I'm going you can't go. And now he's saying, I'm leaving, and where I'm going you're also going to be. Thomas just is honest. He says, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Now be sure, just as sure, Jesus has told them. For three years, Jesus has unfolded this. This wasn't a surprise. I I imagine in the crux of all the things going on, he's caught off guard there. But Jesus had clearly told them this. It had been unfolded before them. But Thomas now says, and just see what happens here. Thomas now says, How do we know? How do we know? Listen to the depth of that question. How is a direct question. In Greek, it translates how, by what means, or literally, again, how. 
How do we know the way? See, see what he's asking here. How do we get to heaven? How do we get to heaven? How do we know the way where you're going? How do we get to heaven? See this. See what Thomas says here. This is why I appreciate Thomas. Thomas says here, if you're going, then that's where I want to be going. If you're there, then that's where I want to be there. And if I can be received unto Christ and I can be in his presence, then you tell me how to be received by Christ and to be forever in his presence. He says, Lord, if it's clear, then make it even clear. Oh God, let me not miss it. That's what Thomas says. Oh God, if you're Jesus, if you're gonna be there, I wanna be there. How do we know the way, Lord? How do we know the way? I talk to people. It's pretty flippant most of the time. And they will say, I think I'm saved. Sometimes they'll say, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm saved. Sometimes it sounds like this. Yes, I'm saved. I'm pretty sure I'm saved. Or, or sometimes we'll be talking about other folks. Maybe it's their loved one. Maybe it's their family member. And they'll say, you know what? I, I think they're saved. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're saved. Oh, listen to me. Oh, let us be like Thomas and say, Lord, let us be sure. Lord, how? How? What is the means? Jesus, how? Close enough is not good enough. Verse six, the next point. First, the way to heaven is plain. The second point is this. The way to heaven is a person. The way to heaven is a person. Verse six, the first part says this. I'm gonna read verse five again. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Maybe so deep we can't really understand all of that. Jesus said, I, speaking of himself. Do you hear it? Lord, how are we gonna know the way? Jesus says, I, I am it means to be, or listen to this, to exist as, to exist as. I exist as, I am the way. Thomas says, Lord, how do we know the way? Jesus says, I am the way. I'm the way for people to go to heaven. I'm a way for, the way for people to have peace and fellowship with the holy God. I'm the way to redemption. Now see what's different here. He wasn't now a teacher teaching a way. He wasn't now a guide illuminating the way. He is now saying he is the way. He is the path. He is the means. Listen, Jesus is the way. How do we know the way, Lord? I am the way. I exist in your presence. I exist here as the way. He goes on. And the truth. And the truth. Now, the, the Greek word here for truth is really a pretty deep word. 
it's not just referring to the spoken truth, like, well, you told me a lie, now you've told me the truth. It's not referring to just the spoken truth. It is much bigger than that. It's much heavier than that. It is talking about the reality of truth. It is talking about the totality of truth. It is all that is truth. It is all of the allness of truth. Jesus says here, I am the truth, all of the truth, the totality of truth. I am the truth that convicts, yes, but I am also the truth that pardons. I am the totality of truth. Be sure to get this today. Only the fullness of the truth saves. Only the totality of the truth redeems. And so when these guys come along and when people say all roads lead there, or somebody says, you know what? It's just an understanding of Jesus. There's different understandings of Jesus. There's different versions of Jesus. And any of those will get you there. And they distort the truth and they disparage the truth. Understand today, it is not a partial truth. It is not a half truth. It is a total lie. And folks, close enough is not good enough in matters of salvation. We come along today and I guess we want to be kind to everybody and we want to be tolerant. We say, you know what, as long as they've got a version of Jesus, it sounds like they're talking about our Jesus. As long as they're close enough, that's going to be good enough. Listen, in matters of salvation, it will not hold. It is the totality of the truth by which we're saved. And so Jesus stands It's our salvation. And he says, I am the totality. I am the allness of truth. And then he continues on and he says, and the life, the life. Now it's the same concept here. It is is also the fullness of life. He says, and the life. It It is the allness of life. It is physical life, yes. It's also spiritual life. Jesus says, I am the life. Listen, he says, oh, that we would know the way. We don't know where you're going. Tell us the way. And he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. See a picture. In the garden, ever since the garden, in sin, man has no home. In sin, man has no fellowship with God. Do you understand how profound that is? In sin, man has no fellowship with God. In sin, everything is in ruins. And with everything in ruins, man walks 
out of the garden. He walks out of the presence of our perfect holy God and he walks there out of the garden and he's ruined in sin and he needs a way. Oh, he's lost, he needs a way and he needs the truth. Satan has offered a lie and he's bought into the lie and the lies brought ruination and now he exists in death and death rules the day and death after death and grave after grave and broken heart after broken heart. Man, needs a way and he looks for the truth and he longs for the life and in sin all is lost oh for a way oh for the truth oh to pass over to life and Jesus says into the sorrow of man into the heartache of man into the blackness of sin I am the way the truth and the life oh my savior Oh, my Savior, Jesus, and the heartache of sin. He says, I am that. I am that. Oh, my Savior. The way to heaven is plain. The way to heaven is a person, Jesus. Last point is this. The way to heaven is particular. It's particular. Last of verse six. I'm gonna read it all. And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. How do we go to heaven? How, do, how does a guilty sinner such as myself, how does a, how does a guilty sinner be received to Jesus? How, how, how does a guilty sinner live and stand there in the reality of heaven? How do we go home when our heart longs for home? How do we go home? Jesus says, only through Jesus. Do you understand that? There's only one way home. It's only through Jesus. He goes to the cross, he, he secures us a place and he offers it to us in his grace by faith but it's only through Jesus. What if that's deemed ignorant? Oprah Winfrey says it is. It's only through Jesus. What if that's deemed intolerant? Most of the world is. It's only through Jesus. What if it's hated? What if that's a hated truth? It doesn't change it. It's only through Jesus. In Acts 4.12, when there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved, it is only through Jesus. Friends, if you want to know how to go to heaven, it's only by faith in our Savior, our Lord, our King, and His name is Jesus. How do you get home? God's grace, God's love, God's mercy shown in the person of Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I am astounded at the grace of God at the love of God, 
shown to us through Jesus. He doesn't say keep these rules. Lord, you didn't say keep this, this set of rules. You didn't put us on some standard to try to impress you. You gave us your only begotten son. He came and endured the shame, the pitiful shame of the cross that he might save us. So Jesus, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for such a Savior. I come today and I pray for this pulpit. And I pray for the teaching ministry of this church. And I pray for every word that will be spoken from this day forward until you come again. That we will be an unbending people. That when someone asks, oh, how do we find our way home? We'll tell them it's in Jesus. Lord, I pray for some in this room that haven't put their faith in Jesus. I pray that today in the preaching of the gospel and the hearing of the gospel, today might be the day of their salvation. That as their heart longs for home, that it be a settled matter today by faith in Jesus. Lord, I pray that all the barriers will be removed, all the hindrances will be removed. I pray in the, in the preaching of your word, the drawing of your spirit, that today's salvation may ring out. And then I thank you for my salvation. The fact that as a, as a sinful, messed up person, on that day I will then see my Savior face to face. I thank you for my salvation. We praise you. We worship you. We lay this at your feet. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.